What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Mediocre Money. I'm your host, Mark. This is the show that dives into personal finances, strategies, advice, research, and I help you become financially independent, which is what I'm trying to do. So no matter what your goals are, whether you want to retire, buy a dream home, travel the world, move to Costa Rica, this is the podcast that will help you do it financially. Let's get started. In this episode of Mediocre Money, I'm going to talk about the $50,000 millionaire. So if you are living on a $50,000 a year salary, is it possible that you could become a millionaire in your lifetime? Now, I made an Instagram post about this topic, and while it seems quite simple on the outside, there are a lot of complexities to it. But in short, even if you're living on $50,000 a year and you save 15% of your income, for Canada at least, we get taxed a little bit more than Americans do. So saving 15% on this salary would mean you're make, you're saving about $5,846 of actual income. And so that would be how much you save each year. And now if you invest that money, in a low cost index fund over 30 years, you'll have just over a million dollars. As a matter of fact, you'll have $1,063,656. Now there's a few things that we need to break down into for this. But before we do, just to give you the reference point for that age or for that time period, 30 years, if you're to age 25 right now, you'll have that million dollars, so you'll become a millionaire by age 52. That's pretty good, if you ask me. And, or actually, sorry, that's less than than 30 years, isn't it? Uh, Sorry, my math is a little bit off today, my mental math, at least. Usually, I use Excel or Google Docs to do my actual calculations, which is what I rely on. So that's a little bit less than 30 years. That is uh, 20, or what? 27 years, I think. So yeah, in 27 years, you'll become a millionaire. Now that's pretty good. However, there's some big assumptions in here. The first assumption is that I'm assuming a 9% growth of this index fund year over year. Whether or not this is actually possible in 27 years depends on a variety of things. If you invest a lot of it now, and then it takes a dive right before you you hit that 52 years old, you might lose a significant value of that that investment. But what's really important for us to know is that this doesn't take into account increases in salary or increases in savings, which is possible to do in a variety of things. And most people's, uh, actually, this might even be everyone's income, tends to increase with their age. So that being said, we're I'm not even assuming that you can shovel more money away in the future. What I'm assuming with this calculation is that you're just shoveling away a little bit less than $6,000 a year. Now, over this 30-year period, you're going to end up with actually over a million, 1.4 million, but you will only have invested or saved just about $190,000. So that's almost a 10x return on your investment over the course of 30 years. 
that is really, really incredible, but also a little bit shocking too, right? Like how is this possible that we take a little less than $200,000 and somehow turn it into over a million dollars within 30 years? Well, the magic behind that is not sorcery from Harry Potter. Uh, unfortunately, I really wish it was. But what it is, is compound interest. And I freaking love compound interest. It is so undervalued and just so misunderstood. Uh, obviously, it can work against us if we have debt, but we can pretty much do the same thing that credit card companies do with debt compounding interest with investments. The way you make compound interest work for you is twofold. One, you're just going to make money on your money just from having your portfolio grow. So for example, if you have $10,000 and it grows by 9% on year one, and the next year it grows by 9% again, well, it's not just growing by your initial $10,000 investment, but it's actually growing by what would 9% be? I think it'd be like just less than $11,000. So on year two, when it grows 9% again, it's actually you're the $11,000 of value that you have that's growing 9%. So this creates an exponential curve. But what even more amplifies this is dividends. Dividends is when an index fund or a stock or an REIT, whatever investment vehicles you have, pay you a portion of their earnings. And so what this happens is that it actually puts money into your investment account. So if you take that $10,000 and you put it into your TFSA, or for Americans, that's your Roth IRA, what will happen is when they pay out your dividend, you're going to see you're going to have your $10,000 invested in whatever stock or index fund that you have, please be an index fund, not a stock. But you what you'll also see is you'll see, oh, I have $800 cash sitting in my account. Where did that come from? Well, that came from your dividends. Most places allow you to do automatic dividend reinvesting. So any leftover cash in your accounts will just be reinvested into whatever you already own or whatever you select you would like to own. So that's doing that even more amplifies in your compound interest and your ability to make more money. So this $50,000 a year millionaire, you're saving about $6,000 a year which is about 15%. You put it into tax advantage savings accounts. In Canada, that's your TFSA first, your RSP second. And in the US, that's your Roth IRA first and your 401k after second. And after this, you within with that money that you put into those tax advantage accounts, you're actually going to purchase, and this is something that surprisingly many people don't do, which is, they put money into their Roth IRA or their TFSA, and then they just leave it there. But you need to take one more step further to get this benefit, which is buying low-cost index funds with that money in your TFSA or Roth IRA. And that's how you're going to get the power of compound interest. And I honestly, I I keep on thinking about compound interest, and I've been, I is this is gonna sound super weird and nerdy, but I actually dreamt about compound interest the just, I think it was last night or two nights ago. And uh, I get like super revved up about compound interest. And I just wanna, like, if I could just compound it into your brain, it is the best thing ever. You need to take advantage of it. Don't try, I mean, you can look it up if you want, but like, 
don't worry about understanding it too much. Just make sure that you invest for the long term. You don't sell. Uh, and all your dividends, you buy more of the same low-cost index funds that you have. Personally, I love and would recommend Vanguard's VTI. It's the Canadian equivalent to VTSAX. And these are just total stock market index funds run by Vanguard. The VTSAX, uh, I at least I didn't find it that it was available through Quest Trade or TD, which is where I do my trading. So I found the equivalent for Canadians, which is VTI. And that's V as in Vanguard. Wait, maybe people don't know how to spell that. V as in uh, Virginia. T as in, wait, everyone knows what T is, right? Yeah, T as in Taylor. And I as in interest. So VTI is the, the ticker. And that is where I hold most of my savings. And it's invested there. And all my dividends are reinvested. So do you think this is possible? Like if you're 25 right now or whatever age you're at, right? Because um, maybe you're 35 or 45 and you're making actually 60, 70 or 80K. And sure, you won't have that same period of time, like you'll be older, but you probably have a higher income than $50,000 a year. So that might enable you to save even more money than the the 5,800 that I laid out in my Instagram post. But regardless of what you are as far as your age goes, it's important to know that compound interest is going to be what gets you financial freedom. No matter what way you put it, real estate investments are a great investment. They create a lot of cash flow. It can enable you to increase your savings dramatically. So that's why real estate creates the most millionaires or out of any other industry. But the main part here is that you need to be saving your money and as much as you can and investing it in these tax advantage accounts for the long term. Vanguard is typically what is recommended across the personal finance space. It is very seldomly recommended or offered through company retirement plan matchings, or through a lot of traditional financial advisors, very little of them will actually recommend Vanguard stocks or ETFs or index funds, whatever you would prefer to call them. They are index funds or ETFs, which is mind boggling to me, but that's because there's a lot more money to be made when people are charging 2% or one and a half percent. Canada has some of the highest mutual fund and ETF fees in the world. So the importance of reducing your fees is incredible. So as much as, and to be honest, I didn't take this advice when I first started investing. I read, what was the book? The Wealthy Barber, which was basically all about mutual funds and picking mutual funds. However, since I've continued my financial education, I am basically dead set against buying any sort of mutual fund. And I don't think you should either. They are honest. Honestly, it's a it's a it's a scam. It's an absolute scam. I've also you guys might have heard me stutter a little bit. I'm debating on whether or not to like incorporate swearing into the podcast because some of this stuff that big banks are getting away with, that investment companies are getting away with, really grinds my gears. So I, I like I'm trying to like hold back a little bit, but I don't know. Maybe I'll let my true self out one of these podcasts, and this podcast will turn a little raunchy. 
But until then, you guys can just hear me stumbling through it. All right, so I'm not sure where we're at here. Uh, just to recap over everything, the $50,000 a year millionaire, it's possible. You only have to, you don't have to make a lot of money in order to become a millionaire. Even just saving 15% of your income is possible. However, that being said, if you are young, you have some advantages and disadvantages. Some advantages that, that we have, and by young, I'm referring to, I mean, your mindset, obviously, but probably under 35-ish, like kind of the millennial and younger demographic, you have one advantage, which is you can put money away early, you have more time, and with it, you have a lot more power uh, as far as compounding goes. So you have a lot of benefits that way. Also, we're in a really good time to make money right now. So there's a lot of good job opportunities out there. There seems to be a hiring um, or I guess an employee shortage for the most part across at least all of Canada. So, uh, well, except for in Alberta, sorry guys, uh, miss ya, love ya. But ultimately like you have these benefits. However, there are some, some cons to being the younger side of things. One is that technically millennials are making about 50% less than our parents' generation was making at our age. Not only that, and that's adjusted for inflation, but not only that, but the cost of living and the cost of housing is about, well, actually, so the cost of just buying your average single family home in the 70s was two and a half times the average annual salary. And today in 2020, that cost is a, almost seven times the average salary, which is pretty nuts. So that just goes to give you an ex example of how expensive it is to live and also how little in proportion millennials are making in compared to generations prior to us. However, that being said, those are not excuses. They're, they're simply not excuses. And as millennials, like we need to do better as a generation for not finding excuses and the hardship of being being in certain situations. Yes, things are hard. Uh, it is hard to save money. It is hard to save money when you live in big cities like New York, Toronto, Vancouver. It is hard to save that 15% if you are only making less than $50,000. Like maybe you're making $30,000. Um, and maybe you have a, what, a kid or something to take care of, right? It is hard. Uh, but it, it, there, it is possible. No matter what salary you are, no matter what your situation is, People are doing it all over the world, and you can too. I personally think it boils down to a lot of habits, financial knowledge, and actual action. So like doing things that will actually improve your financial situation. So financial knowledge is maybe the most important part, because if you don't know what you're doing, it is so easy to just be spinning your wheels for hours or for decades, to be honest, some people have been just blinded by their own money management forever. And the most important line that I've ever read from a book was by JL Collins in the book, The Simple Path to Wealth. And he said, it's your money and no one will take care of it better than you will. And just let that sink in for a sec, because it is extremely true. I have a lot of friends that are in their 40s and 50s, and they don't have a single idea how much money they have saved for their retirement. They don't have 
any clue on when they can retire. They don't know how much money they need to retire. They don't know what that lifestyle can look like, but they feel completely confident because they're working with a financial advisor and that they just give it to them that they're going to look out for their best interests. Are they going to look over their best interests? Probably not in most cases. However, they will try to invest their money at the best of their abilities, but also for a very high cost. And for the most part, I don't really recommend finding financial advisors. I recommend uh, you learning everything you need to know first. I think that's the most important thing because how are you going to possibly choose a financial advisor if you don't know what the hell you're doing? And that's just the simple truth. Like they could be selling you, uh, selling snowflakes to an Eskimo. What's the, the saying? Selling snowflakes to an Eskimo. I don't know. They could be selling you bullshit and you would have no idea if you don't have this financial knowledge. So I really strongly encourage you guys to listen to more podcasts, read more personal finance books and start branching out that knowledge because no matter who's managing your money, whether it's you or a personal or, or a financial advisor, you need to know at least the basics of what you want as your strategy, how much you need to retire, which is about 25 times your um, annual spending. And you just need to be prepared. But also, if you are finding a financial advisor, find one that follows the fiduciary principle or something like that, or is like a fiduciary certified, something like that. What that means is that they're not getting paid by the investments they put your money into. So just find someone that uh, runs by the fiduciary system. But other than that, let's get back to, so we got the financial knowledge down. Then it comes to habits and what you actually do. These are basically the same thing because I, for example, I knew that I should be in buying low cost index funds, but I'm not the, I'm not the brightest uh, tool in the, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm not the brightest bulb in the bunch. However they, however you guys say it, or I say it, well, I guess I could say it however I want. So I'm not the brightest bulb in the tool shed. So I knew I should be investing in index funds and I knew about Vanguard for years, but for some reason, I just, I mean, mind you, I'm a young, uh, fairly athletic man. And so <laughs> obviously I know better than what every single other book and podcast tells me, right? No, that's not the case. I spent years just trying to invest in my own stocks and finding maybe like a better index fund than Vanguard. But ultimately, though, like once I got that ego of mine controlled a little bit, um, I've basically became fully invested in Vanguard. They are the lowest cost index funds that I have found. And please, if you can find a lower cost index fund, then by all means, please share with me. And lowest cost, I mentioned this in my Instagram post where I, uh, the 50K millionaire, lowest cost is really, really important. Because Vanguard did some research, and this is very state-of-the-art research, by the way, and they found that there were three main factors that actually significantly affected, and by significantly, I mean statistically significant, your results, so like your investing returns. And one of them was how often you buy and sell, and the other one was how many fees you are paying. And I forget what the third one is, but it wasn't that important. I can't remember. But anyways, if you guys are curious about why I recommend low cost index funds and not just me, but pretty much everyone else in the personal finance space and the fire community. But if you're 
interested in why, go to my blog, MediocreMoney.com. I made a post that shows you the difference between identical funds and identical returns, but the only variable I change is how much you're paying in management fees. And the results will shock you. So I highly recommend you guys doing that. And I will also be doing a podcast on this soon. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would really like some feedback on it. So you can DM me on Instagram. My Instagram is Mediocre Money. Um, you can share the podcast because I don't have it on many platforms yet. So I'd hope to likely to get it on there. So if you are listening to on this on a platform, then please send it to a friend if you found this information valuable. And do you think that achieving this millionaire status, do you think you can become a millionaire? I want you to let me know. So let me know either through DMing me on Instagram or finding me on Facebook, or you can even leave a podcast review. If you haven't already, please subscribe to my podcast, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Hope you guys have a good weekend, and I will see you later. Peace out.